I'll echo the words that Ben started us with today about how good it is to be together, um, that we are able to be here today. Uh, Grant's uh, little scare this week reminds us of how frail and fragile we are, and we shouldn't take any of these opportunities to be together for granted, and I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful that you're here, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to lead your thoughts this morning along things spiritual. And I hope the things that we talk about this morning and the time that we spend together will be encouraging to us all as we go out into the world this week to live like God would have us to live. We talk about hell frequently and what the scriptures teach about that and how terrible it is and how bad it will be and how we don't want to go there. Recently uh, in our meeting, Donnie Rader brought us a great lesson about hell and the facts about that. We also talk about how we want to go to heaven. We talk about how that's our ultimate goal. We sing about heaven. Uh, we talk about it. But there's a lot of misconception about heaven, just like there is about hell. It's a place that we've never been before and a place that we dream about going. And you have a vision about what it'll be. But when we dream about places that we want to go and we have visions about how they might be, when we get there, many times they're different than what we expected. Maybe you're planning on going to some place for vacation. And if you're like me, you've got things in your mind about what this destination's like. And when you get there, many times you realize it's, well, it's not exactly how I had it in my mind. Heaven could be like that, I think, as well. Almost everyone wants to go to heaven. Even the guy who never opened his Bible before. If you ask him about going to heaven, he's, oh yeah, sure, I want to go, sign me up. I think his vision of heaven is probably much different than reality. And so could ours be too, if we don't ground ourselves in what the Bible tells us about heaven. Heaven is a wonderful place prepared for those who are faithful. And the prospect of going there should motivate us as we serve God to serve Him more enthusiastically every day. And so this morning, let's spend a little time talking about heaven and see what the Bible teaches us about this amazing place that awaits those who are faithful to God. First off, we need to understand that heaven is not now. Heaven is not right now. There are some who believe that heaven is just a state of mind and that you can obtain heaven now in this life. Some people say you need to sit cross-legged with your hands like this and hum, and then you can get to heaven. There are some who say if you just get in the right emotional state, then you can reach heaven. Here's what one author wrote about this in a blog on the internet. He said, heaven is not a time or a place. Heaven is a state of mind where you allow yourself to experience love and gratitude, and where you allow yourself to experience your connection with your source. In other words, heaven's not a destination or some place you get in the future. Heaven is here and now. It's a state of mind, and you can get there right now. The problem with this is that that's not what the Bible teaches us about heaven. In uh, whoops, oops, we jumped here. Hebrews chapter eleven, verse twenty-four says. Hebrews chapter eleven, verse twenty-four tells us what Moses' understanding of this was. In Hebrews eleven, verse twenty-four, by faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. 
esteeming the reproaches of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Moses realized that heaven isn't now, that heaven is sometime in the future. Heaven is in the future. And no amount of mystical meditation or karma will allow us to enjoy heaven in this life. Heaven is not now. And furthermore, heaven is not here. Many times when people will say about something that's enjoyable, they'll say, oh, this is heaven. Maybe we get to go to a nice cabin in the mountains and we see a beautiful sunrise. And we might sit back on the deck with our feet kicked up and say, this is heaven. Not so. Heaven's not here. Now that's really nice, but that's not heaven. There are many people in the religious world who would tell us that heaven is going to be right here on earth. That the earth is going to be refined and remade and, and all the bad stuff is going to be taken out of the earth and that heaven will be right here on this earth for us to enjoy right here. This is a, a fairly common understanding in the religious world, surprisingly. But it is not in accordance with what the Bible teaches, teaches us about heaven. Bible, the Bible teaches us that heaven is not here on earth. That heaven is separate from the earth. In Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 9, notice that the patriarchs weren't looking for heaven to be here. They understood that heaven was someplace else. In Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 9, by faith he, that being Abraham, dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign company, a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. Notice this, but now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be their God, for he has prepared a city for them. The patriarchs knew that heaven is not here. They're looking for something and it's not here. They're strangers and pilgrims here on this earth, but they were looking for something heavenly, something separate. Heaven is not on earth, according to the patriarchs. And in the passage that Joseph read for us in Matthew chapter 9, or 6, verse 19 beginning. In Matthew chapter 6 beginning verse 19, notice Jesus didn't say, hey, listen, when this is all over, you're going to be right here. And make sure you've got lots of treasures stored up here. No, he said, store up your treasures in heaven. Matthew chapter 6 beginning verse 19, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where the thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I forgot to tell Joseph to read verse 21. But that's the culmination of what this message that Jesus is preaching is, is about, isn't it? Your treasure's not here on earth. 
Your treasure needs to be in heaven because that's where your heart will be because that's where you're going to be someday. Not here on earth. Heaven will not be here on earth. Heaven is not now and it's not here. And heaven is where we'll be eternally. Not here on earth. Others are teaching that maybe there is a heaven. But that's not where we're going to spend eternity. That some will spend eternity in heaven. Namely, 144,000 are going to be there. The select, a select few are going to be spending eternity in heaven. And the rest of us who are faithful are going to be spending eternity here on earth. That your reward really won't be in heaven. Unless you're one of the select few. Your reward will be here on earth. The Jehovah's Witnesses teach this. But the Bible says that we all who are faithful will be in heaven eternally. Not some here on earth and some in heaven. Notice in Philippians chapter 3, beginning of verse 20. There's no distinction made that some get to go to heaven and the rest stay here on earth. No, the same is said of all in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, beginning. Notice this. For our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to His glorious body, according to the working by which He is able to subdue all things to Himself. Our citizenship, all of our citizenship, if we're faithful to God, is in heaven. Not that we have some in heaven and some here on earth. No, all of our citizenship is in heaven. In 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1, look at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away. And where is it reserved? It's reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. We have a singular hope, all of us. And we have a singular inheritance, all of us. And that inheritance for all of us that are faithful is reserved in heaven. Our existence will be in heaven eternally, not here on earth. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4, again refers to one hope. Not two hopes. Not a hope for some to go to heaven and the hope for others to be here on earth in a really nice place here on earth no one hope and paul said this in second timothy chapter 4 verse 7 in second timothy chapter 4 verse 7 i have fought the good fight i have finished the race i have kept the faith finally there, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the lord the righteous will judge uh, the, the righteous judge will give me on that day and not to me only but to the 139,999 others that are going to be in heaven with me no to all who love His appearing. There's one hope. We'll all be in heaven eternally, not here on earth. The Scriptures are clear about that. I'll tell you, as we talk about heaven and we look at what the Bible teaches about heaven, we need to also understand that heaven is a spiritual place. Many try to envision heaven as a place that has characteristics like the physical world that we enjoy now. 
Many Christians, I'm afraid, envision heaven this way. That heaven is a wonderful place. It's got to be like the best place that you can imagine here on earth. A place, heaven is a place that has beautiful weather all the time. Heaven is a place that has sandy beaches with palm trees all over the place. And the waves are just gently rolling in. The water's a, a nice emerald blue. And it's, it's a, I guess emeralds are green, but whatever color it is, it's nice, beautiful water, right? And, and it's just a tropical oasis. And there are hungry fish everywhere, and they're just waiting to bite whatever hook you throw in the water. And it's got incredible golf courses that are pristinely manicured, not one weed on the whole course. And there's no traffic. You can play golf whenever you want. And the food's incredible. Heaven's got to be like that, doesn't it? No. The Bible's clear that heaven is not a physical realm. It's a spiritual one. This is a lengthy reading, so if you would get your Bibles out, I didn't put it on the chart because it wouldn't fit. But 1 Corinthians chapter 15 tells us about the fact that heaven is not a physical realm. It's not like here. It's not something that will, that will have the characteristics of earth. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning of verse 35, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning of verse 35. But someone will say, How are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. And what you sow, you do not sow that body which that shall be, but mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as He pleases, and to each seed its own body. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of animals, another of fish, and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies, but the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. One star differs from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown in a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There's a natural body and there's a spiritual body. And so it is written. The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural and afterward the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we also shall bear the image of the heavenly man. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. But we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Do you see that? We're not going to be like we are here on earth. 
our bodies are not going to be like the bodies that we have here on earth. Heaven is not going to be like earth. Flesh and blood won't be there. It's going to be different. Heaven is a spiritual place. It's not a fisherman's paradise. It's not a tropical oasis. It's a spiritual place. Heaven is a spiritual place. And God is in heaven. And that's a wonderful thing. You know, people will go to all extents to be in the presence of a celebrity. Our kids and we like to go to a baseball game every now and then down in Atlanta. And when we go to those baseball games, we like to get there early. And when you get to the ball game early, there'll be a big crowd of people down at the fence, a lot of kids down there right next to the field, waiting perhaps for one of those baseball players to come to that fence and sign a baseball or a glove and give an autograph. And the excitement you see on those kids' faces just to be in the presence of the guy they've seen on television. Just makes their day. It makes a lot of adults' day, too, to meet a celebrity. I want to tell you, when we get to heaven, the highlight of being in heaven is that we're going to be with God, the almighty, loving Creator, whose evidence we have seen in the world around us, whose details we've read about in the Bible to be with Him in person is going to be amazing. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are going to be there and we'll get to be in their presence. Jesus said in John chapter 14, beginning of verse 2, In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. Notice this. Not so that you can be in some fancy mansion. That where I am, there ye may be also. We get to be with God in heaven. Don't you want to go? God is in heaven. What a wonderful thing it'll be. I will tell you, that far outweighs any kind of nice golf course that I might be able to enjoy. Or big fish that I might be able to catch. God is in heaven. And I'll get to be with Him there. And heaven is a place of rest. One of the benefits of heaven is the rest that heaven affords. In Revelation chapter 14, verse 13. In Revelation chapter 14, verse 13, John hears a voice from heaven saying to me, Right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. There's a lot of laboring here on earth. Earth is about work and labor. But heaven is about a place of rest. Rest from these earthly labors. In Hebrews chapter 4, beginning of verse 9, there remains therefore rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. There's rest in heaven. And what a wonderful thing that will be. And note though, heaven is a place of rest for those who have worked while they're here on earth. This is the realm of work. This is not the realm of rest. Rest is coming. Just as God worked in the days of creation and He rested on the seventh, we work while we're here and we get to rest while we're in heaven. 
Heaven is a place of rest. And heaven is eternal. When we go to heaven, we'll be there forever. Heaven isn't like the places we get to enjoy here on a temporary basis. Maybe we go to that tropical oasis. Or we go to that nice vacation destination and we're there for a few days and then it's over. Heaven is eternal. And when we get, to be, we get there, we will remain there forever. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 15 beginning. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 15. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And notice this last phrase. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Heaven will be forever. This wonderful place beyond imagination. In the presence of God. <coughs> won't have an end. We won't get to be there just for... We're not going to have a check-in and a check-out date. We'll be there forever. Heaven is eternal. And finally, this morning. The Bible tells us that heaven is a reward. Heaven's a reward. There are a lot of people who say that it doesn't matter how you live your life. That the way you live your life doesn't matter. You can live any way you please and you can still go to heaven. And it just isn't the heathen that we might talk to down at the corner bar who's never cracked his Bible before. Yeah, we're all going to go to heaven. doesn't matter. We're fine. There are religious people who are saying that. The universalist who says, well, God just loves everyone so much that He couldn't send anyone to hell, that everyone's going to go to heaven, that God's going to save everyone. That's what the universalist teaches. There are many in the denominational world who say, tell you that God is going to save you by, your, by His grace and it doesn't matter how you live. You can live any way you want. Be a thief, be a liar, be an adulterer, be a murderer. It doesn't matter. As long as you profess faith in Christ, you're going to go to heaven. But the Scriptures teach something different. The, teacher, the Scriptures tell us that we're not going to earn our way to heaven. But the Scriptures are very clear that heaven is a reward. A reward based on how we live our lives. We're not going to earn it. But we've got to live a certain way if we want to enjoy it. In Matthew chapter 5, look at verse 11. Matthew chapter 5, verse 11. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets who were before you. Be happy when you have to suffer. You'll be rewarded in heaven for being faithful to God. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, Jesus says things are about to get really bad for those Christians. And He says this, Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested. And you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death, and I'll give you a crown of life. The crown of life. They had to be faithful if they wanted to enjoy that eternity in heaven, that crown of life. And so it is also in 2 Timothy chapter 4, the verse we read just a minute ago. Where Paul said he had fought the good fight, he had finished the race, he had kept the course, kept the faith. Finally, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Heaven is a reward. 
We don't earn it by the way that we live our lives. But we do get to heaven as a result of how we live our lives. Otherwise, the image of a reward doesn't work, does it? If everybody gets it, and it doesn't matter how you live your life, it's not a reward, is it? Heaven is a reward. Again, we're not earning it. But we must live in a way that's pleasing to God in order to enjoy heaven in eternity. Heaven's not here. Heaven's not now. Heaven is a place that will all be eternally that are faithful. There will be some of us on heaven, some on earth. Heaven's a spiritual place, not a physical one. It is in the presence of God, heaven. Heaven is a place of rest. It's eternal. And it's a reward. The question for you this morning is, are you ready to go to heaven? Are you living your life every day laying up treasures in heaven? Because where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Does the idea of heaven and the wonderful things we've talked about about heaven this morning, does that motivate you to live a life of faithfulness to God? It should. If there are things in your life that are hindering you from that hope of heaven, you realize there's things in your life that aren't right. There's no better time than right now to fix that. And if we can help you, will you let us know while we stand and sing?